We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Up Show. This is episode 21. Uh, we are going to be recapping everything that happened on Saturday afternoon in williams Bryce Stadium with the Gamecocks coming away with a thrilling 17-16 victory over the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs and a last-second field goal by Parker White. Uh, but first, if you do want to follow the show, be sure to check us out on iTunes at the Spurs Up Show. Be sure to go there, rate, and subscribe. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like about the show. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback there. Be sure to follow us on our Twitter account as well. That's going to be at Armchair Car at Armchair S-C-A-R. Uh, also, check us out on Instagram at Armchair S Carolina. And also, this is a podcast brought to you by the Armchair Americans, armchairamericans.com, localizing your sports coverage content. Be sure to go check us out there at armchairamericans.com for all of your South Carolina Gamecocks breaking news, coverage, and, of course, the podcast as well. Um, so, like I said, I'm Chris Phillips, your host. As always, I'm joined, as always, again, by my colleague Tyler Clark. Before we get into everything, Tyler, I'll ask how uh, – how was your weekend? How are you doing on this uh, middle-of-the-week podcast? <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, last week, um, as you heard on Monday, I was sick after, like, immediately after the Kentucky game. I was sick, and I was sick all week. But uh, now I feel better, um, so I don't have to talk about this game angry and sick. I'll just talk while angry. Absolutely, yeah. And we uh, we definitely missed you last week. Everybody had to get a, just a dose of me for – about 40 minutes. So it's, it's good to have you back, Tyler. I, I will say it's good to have you back. Um, but yeah, just jump, jumping right into it. Like we said, uh, Saturday afternoon, the Gamecocks beat the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. It came down to the buzzer, but the Gamecocks got it done 17 to 16. Um, just some notable stats in the box score before we dive into everything. Um, South Carolina Dimwit did win the total yardage stat. Uh, they had 438 total yards. Louisiana Tech's 361. The Gamecocks with 295 in the air. 143 yards on the ground. Um, losing to Tech, edging the Gamecocks just slightly in the time of possession battle, 30 minutes and 52 seconds to South Carolina's 29 minutes and 8 seconds. Uh, the Gamecocks did cough it up twice. Um, a Tyson Williams fumble and a Jake Bentley interception resulted in two turnovers. Losing to Tech with just one turnover uh, with a late interception by Jamarcus King. Uh, and the Gamecocks on third down, they were successful 8 of 14 times. A pretty solid number, but Louisiana Tech, who went 6 of 13 uh, overall in the day. Some individual stats, Jake Bentley, 
Uh, another pretty solid game for him, 22, 22 of 34 for 295 yards, uh, touchdown interception. Tyson Williams finally getting something on the ground, um, getting carries again for Tyson, 13 carries for 95 yards uh, and one touchdown overall. Uh, with the absence of Debo Samuel, everyone looked to none other than Brian Edwards to step up. He did just that. Six catches for 122 yards, including a huge catch to set up the game-winning field goal. Um, you know, his time basically was expiring. Um, <clears throat> or Trey Smith, another guy who stood out, two catches for 36 yards, one really impressive touchdown of the middle, um, in which he kind of collided into two guys, stayed on his feet, and went in. So another guy that Gamecocks are going to be high on to fill in the production for Debo Samuel. Uh, and on the Louisiana Tech side, Jamar Smith, the quarterback, youngster, uh, he went 23 of 33, 281 yards, a touchdown and interception, his credit as well. And then Teddy Veal, the two-lane transfer that we had talked about uh, last week before the game, we thought he might have a big game, and he did just that. Ten catches for 110 yards and a touchdown, a career high for him. Um, so with that being said, we've heard all the stats. Jumping right into it, Tyler. That was close. <laughs> that was uh, that, not not quite what we expected. Um Pretty miserable for three quarters, and the Gamecocks flipped the switch and turned it on. Talk about, Tyler, your initial reaction to the Louisiana Tech game. Obviously, I know that, you know, it was an extremely, extremely frustrating game, but, you know, you had a couple of days to process it. Talk about just your initial reactions to the uh, to the game Saturday. All right, I'll tell, I'll tell a story to set this up. So, for the last couple of years, I have one of my best friends, Blake. He always asks me to shout him out on the podcast. Here you go. So, I always tell him, like, I don't want to watch games at your house because every time we watch a game at your house, we lose. And I was peacefully protesting this game. I didn't want to go. So I had no other choice but to just kind of go go to Blake's house. So we go there, and we watch what unfolded. And I got I got really – you know what? You, you can go wherever you're going. I'm going home. Literally the first play as I stepped out of his house, Jamarcus King picks the ball off in the end zone. So I'm not saying it's my fault, but it's kind of my fault that that whole thing happened. But Jamarcus King, how about it? I mean, he got burnt on a lot of plays again, but um, that's probably the biggest play of his career and probably the biggest play of this season, if not that kick being the biggest play. Uh, but, yeah, to win, to win that game really saved what could have been an absolute disaster and train wreck. Uh, I don't even want to know what, what would have happened if we would have lost that game. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I mean, definitely <clears throat> to this point, you know, save South Carolina season. I mean, a loss to Louisiana Tech. I mean, I think the wheels really would have, you know, been yeah. coming off. But, um, yeah, Jamarcus King, I was going to talk about it a little bit later going to the defense. But, yeah, Jamarcus King, I, it kind of seems like one of those Jamarcus King plays. He just, you know, finally got his head around and, you know, picked the ball off. And I thought he played a really good game. He, you know, played some good defense, got his head around, you know, basically every ball I saw thrown at him. Um but, yeah, just, just a huge play on that. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. I want to jump in the offense first because, Tyler, as we mentioned, completely dead for three quarters. Well, I, I don't want to say completely dead. Yeah, I don't think Mostly so. dead. Mo- pretty dead. Uh, but, again, you know, you start out the game. You know, I was at the game Saturday. You start out the game. You got a really, really good drive going in the, f- the very first drive of the game. I'm thinking, okay, we're about to establish a rhythm. There's about, you know, it's about to be some consistency. South Carolina is going to get, a, you know, a couple scores for half. We're going to see some guys interchange out. Instead, you get on the field, you get into the red zone, you stall, um, and then Parker White misses a field goal. And it just really seemed like all of the confidence, all of the confidence was sucked out of the offense. Yep. Everything that they had done. I, I know that, you know, you should be able to bounce back from that, but it really seems like those missed field goals are just, 
a dagger to, to this team. I, I don't really know what it is, but, you know, again, I, I don't know what your takes were. I thought the play calling, again, was a little suspicious, a little vanilla at times. Um, I think there's still execution problems, but, um, you know, definitely I think there could be improvements in the play calling. But I, I was really glad to see Tyson Williams get the rock, you know, kind of establish the run game. He, You know, I said this after the game. He should undoubtedly be the starter at running back from this point forward because he is the only guy right now in the backfield that he has that explosiveness. And, I mean, it's to see how the way that he ran Saturday makes it even more baffling that he didn't t- he hasn't touched the ball for two games. It's pretty crazy to think about it. Um, but yeah, talk about Tyler, you know, your reactions to Tyson, the running game, anything that you took away from the offense, as far as like play calling, anything that maybe you saw. So the first play of the game, I see Tyson Williams run out there and it's like the biggest slap in the face. Like you're going to start the guy, but clearly, you know, you were wrong because you didn't give him one carry the week before when you lose. And then he just pounds it down their throat for like seven straight plays. He's completely gassed, asking to come out of the game. And then you miss field goal and just like, here we go again. Uh, yeah, I felt like that for majority of the game. Um, you know, it was just ugly. I don't – the execution, I feel like, was there a little bit more than, than last week. But obviously that's – we played Louisiana Tech and not a conference game. Uh, I don't know what to make of those first few quarters uh, at all. But, you know, it's just – kind of be those guys having to step up like Tyson Williams or Trey Smith. Uh, Brian Edwards did his job a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's exactly what he needed to do coming off of losing your best player. You step up, catch six balls for 122 yards and you make probably the biggest play of your life. So uh, I feel like this is one of those games we kind of just have to write off and just say, Hey, we won, move on. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And yeah, that was one of my next points is that, you know, with the loss of Debo Samuel, Obviously, there was a lot of questions going around this week, you know, who's going to step up, who's going to fill in that production role. Um, I think Brian Edwards had this, the kind of game that, you know, both you and I were knew he was very capable of having, and him being the number one target, he was very capable of having. I mean, he, he balled out Saturday. There's no right. other way to put it. He balled out. Um, I was really happy to see guys like – I was really happy to see, like, Randrickus Davis really getting involved in those kind of those out routes. We saw Shy Smith catching early in the year. Um, they tried to go to him on a couple different occasions. I know one – on the very first drive where it was a good play, just a little bit out of his reach. I thought it was a good play design, shy, just out of his reach, like I said. But um, I think there's he's a guy they're going to use a ton more. I think he only got targeted like three or four times. Um, or Trey Smith, though, another guy who really looks like he's kind of coming into his own, really blooming, could be another big time, you know, big wide receiver for South Carolina. Um, but one of the things that stood out to me, because I was able to go back and watch a decent amount of the game, um, online, just kind of watch the replay. You know, Jake Bentley's obviously he, he's playing he's playing average, but I definitely think he's still missing some throws. I, one of one of the stood out to me. Um, you know, he's obviously not going to hit all of them, but one that stood out to me was very first drive of the game. I'm not sure if you remember this. Uh, Tyson Williams runs on a wheel route up the right side, and he overthrew yes. him, whatever. But what you don't see on that play, if you go back and rewatch it. If you look underneath, he has Shy Smith running across the field wide open. And I feel like it's the throws or the throws that either he's missing or not making like that that have people kind of up in arms about him right now. Like I now I said, I know he led the game winning drive. I mean, it takes all the moxie in the world and all the talent. And, and I'm glad he's South Carolina's quarterback because the, 
don't underestimate that game winning drive was something. I mean, that, it was something else. I mean, to have the the, the, the whereabouts to the, the scramble play had the scramble it, play was the scramble play was crazy. It was crazy. What it was like thirty yards. Then he doesn't spike the ball. Next play, throws it up to Brian Edwards, comes down with it, and you know you the rest is history. But um, <clears throat> you know, talk about what what did you think about Jake Bentley's day on Saturday? Obviously, you know. I thought he'd benefit a little bit more from a running game. I didn't think he played terrible. I thought the interception he threw was just simply a miscommunication because he threw it right to the guy. And I think they said the, that uh, Hayden Hurst actually ran in when he thought he was going to run out. But talk about what were your impressions of Jake Bentley Saturday? Were you impressed with what you saw? Do you feel better, worse, kind of indifferent? What, what's your what's your th- thoughts on it? I think he played all right. I don't think he played a bad game by any means. I probably said a few things during the game that uh, suggest otherwise. But, I mean, he's still missing. It's not missing, like, a screen pass where he overthrows him cool. No loss of anything. It's the it's the touchdowns and the wide-open throws that he just overthrows. Brian, he missed Brian Edwards on one, too. I forgot about that. Yes, I mean. Wide open down the field. I'm probably his harshest critic. I mean, I think he's a great quarterback, and obviously um, I don't think that we would have many other guys better. But it's just those throws. It's so frustrating. Um, he's going to have to learn how to hit them. Like he's, I mean, he doesn't really have an excuse for him either. He's just like, oh, I missed him. I'll try and make him next time. But yeah, that's. I mean, I think he just played all right. I don't, I don't feel any worse or better about uh, his quarterbacking for the first four games. Yeah, and I know you know it's one thing you have to remember that this is just you know that was just his eleventh game, um, right. and he's still very very young. But one thing I was having a conversation with one of my buddies this weekend. I'll ask you as well. Do you think this is something where? This is just the kind of the guy Jake Bentley is. You know, he's going to hit some. He's going to miss some. He's kind of a gunslinger, if you will. Or do you think that, you know, he's going to make a massive, massive improvement before he leaves South Carolina? Because one hand, I do – I mean, I think he's only going to improve. I mean, he's so young. But at the same time, like, I think he just kind of might be this guy where he's just – he's sort of a gunslinger. Like, he's going to – you know, he's going to make – got to take the good with the bad, if that makes sense. Do you – What's what's kind of your feeling, your opinion on that? I'm trying. I mean, I agree with you 100. Um, percent I don't really know which kind of way he's going to lean. I think he can. I think he could evolve to be you know one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, but he's going to have to evolve at some point. Um, I don't really like the term gunslinger, but I mean, who else? There's not. I haven't seen anyone like him th- come through South Carolina or uh, any teams around here. I I don't know who to compare him to. He's He's just unique. Um, but, yeah, I feel like he could get so much better, and I think it's just simply just, you know, staying in the moment and just making a throw. He's stepping up in the pocket. I mean, there's a lot of times he throws, you know, he's on the scrambling because the offensive line lets him down. He runs out, and he just throws it off his back foot. I mean, you can't be that accurate off your back foot unless you're like Patrick Mahomes. If you watch some of his film from last year, I mean, he's he could throw it 70 yards off his back foot and hit a dime. Um, he's just not that guy. Um, I feel like, you know, this, those 10 to 20 yard throws are where he's the best, but that's where he's missing right now. Uh, yeah, for sure. I was going to say it's actually a, a crazy stat. I remember last year they were talking about preseason. Jake Bentley had one of the highest completion percentages um, of deep throws down the field. I mean, he, he had one of the highest completion. Percentages. So he definitely has the ability. I, I mean, like I said, he's not going to hit every single one. I think it's unrealistic to yeah. – to ask that of him, but you're right. When you have a guy wide open, and there's, the been, there's been multiple instances where you have the guy wide open, you have to hit him. You just, 
I don't know if he sees him and gets really wide-eyed and almost can't believe how open he is or what's going on. But, I, I mean, like I said, I, I don't want to harp on Bentley too much because when no, you throw for almost 300 yards, you, you had a pretty good day. And there's a lot of different areas of the offense that need to improve that don't have to do with number 19. But, you know, I know that fans have been nitpicking. Like I said, <clears throat> you can't really underestimate how crucial and how, how great of a w- drive that was to take the team down the field. I mean, they could have easily packed it in. I mean, they could have packed it in at the beginning of the fourth quarter down 13 nothing. I know probably a lot of fans did. And I mean, I, I'll admit myself, I, I mean, I was very uh, – I wasn't sure the South Carolina was going to come back and win that game. That's for sure. Um, I tweeted multiple times, ball game. Like, yeah. And then they just kept – I don't even know. I don't yeah, know. It, it was crazy. I mean, it was great. You know, the Ortray Smith touchdown was great. Uh, like I said, Tyson Williams, his 35-yard touchdown run. Like I said, it, the fact – Right after a fumble. Right after it's a fumble. scary. Yeah. Yeah, the fact he didn't touch it for two games is baffling. I don't think it'll happen again. He's just too wow. good of a player. Um, and I know Rico had a little bit of a uh, – I think a thigh bruise or something. And then got nailed right in it. In right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, got, that's on the hit he took Saturday. He was um, already hurt, though. He had a – he was yeah. questionable. That's why Tyson started. Groin, I think it was his groin, right? It was something something in his leg, and then he just got nailed right in the leg again. Right. Yeah. I, the one thing I do want to touch on, though, is the offensive line. Um, obviously, yeah. Zach Bailey, <clears throat> you know, it's been said he's not even going to play this week against Texas A&M. Uh, he'll probably be out for a couple more weeks. They're, they're targeting around – Middle of October, the Tennessee game is what they're saying, but with those high ankle sprains, you never really know. Corey Helms goes down Saturday. Will Muschamp, thankfully, at least said he's day-to-day, but, again, we're not even really sure the extent of the injury. Um, so Darius Hutcherson was a guy that got a ton of playing time Saturday with Helms going out. I thought he did a pretty good job, and honestly, through four games, I think this offensive line is doing a pretty good job. I mean, there's not those – you know, they're, they're not perfect, and their depth there can be certainly huge improvements in the running game. But overall passing, I'm not seeing those jailbreak-type things where, you know, Jake Bentley has absolutely no time to throw the football. I, I think Bentley, honestly, is getting time to work back there. and uh, I was at least get, glad to see that South Carolina does have a little bit of depth. Um, you know, Malik Young, I think, has got to get better at the right tackle position. But overall, I thought it was a decent day for the offensive line. Yeah, I agree. Uh, losing Zach Bailey is absolutely tragic. It's uh, tough. Luckily, luckily – uh, South Carolina gets them back for a few games. I mean, just the injury bugs everywhere. Uh, offensive line definitely doesn't doesn't help. But like you said, I think they've done um, a serviceable job in the passing game. I mean, the only times we've seen Jake Bentley really run for his life, they've blitzed linebackers and safeties, and they just go untouched. But, I mean, that's on the running back but for not blocking their assignment. Um, but, yeah, running, I mean, they got to open up some holes. Um, there, there weren't many holes these first four games at all. Um, Tyson Williams hit the biggest one I've seen all year, and luckily he took it to the house. Um, yeah, they just got to open up holes. That's all there is to it. And they're gonna, they're gonna face a, a much bigger off or D line this week. Yeah, obviously I know as well. Uh, the short yardage situation is the third and one. The fourth and one was a focus this week. What'd you think about that? Because I, I did at least like to see. You know, I thought they used it too much. I'll preface saying that, but. Got under center, had yep. bunch tight ends on the right. I remember the first third and one of the game, everybody was kind of on the edge of the seat, like, what are they going to do? Hand it off to Tyson, he runs in the middle for 10 yards. So that that was at least nice to see. What do you think about the play calling, the short yardage situations? I feel like they addressed a lot of the, the complaints that South Carolina fans had uh, over the last week, and they took it under center. They, they ran it straight in the middle. Big boy football, it's SEC. That's how you're supposed to do it. 
the passing plays, uh, I mean, they were they were about the same, but just the just having some kind of variety. Uh, there were a lot more deep balls we saw. A few of them were underthrown. I remember um, Shai Smith was wide open on a on a fly route going straight at the middle of the field, and he got underthrown by like five yards and got absolutely drilled. Uh, same thing with Ortray Smith on the sideline. That was actually a good throw, and Ortray just got popped right in the face. Um, but just you know, throwing the ball down the field a little bit more, we saw. But that was kind of more later in the game. Um, but like you said, I mean, under the center, you have to do that. And I think they went what eight for fourteen on third down, something like that. Eight for fourteen. Uh, that yeah. was the biggest problem. That's the biggest problem we have, you know, on offense this year. So going eight for fourteen, no matter who you play, uh, is a drastic improvement from what we've seen. Yeah, and, and the last thing because I want to move on to the defense. The last thing I'll say though. And I said this after the game Saturday. I just think the one thing I don't I don't like to be the person that harps on the play calling because like I, like I've said before, like we, we don't get paid to call plays. Like they right. obviously know more than we do about you know what they see in the defense, and you know obviously there's times as well where you know Jake Bentley's changing the play at the line stuff like that. But it just felt like to me when they came in the fourth quarter, they're down thirteen nothing, and they sort of had to open up the playbook and had to throw downfield. The offense, I mean, they scored 17 points in the final quarter. I mean, it's not rocket science. I just feel like sometimes these college coaches, they make it so much harder than it needs to be, and they want to be these geniuses, and they want to, you know, they want to take all the credit for, you know, it's my genius, the reason we score these points. When it's like, with this, I feel like with this offense, with these weapons you have, it's kind of like, hey, let your quarterback drop back and just play like a 7-on-7 and just let him sling it around. I mean, just stop trying to overthink this thing and let guys – I mean, because the final drive showed you, I mean – it wasn't a great throw by any means. It, it, you know, that play design, obviously in those situations, you know, you wouldn't probably run it that exact same way, just normal during the game. But when you give a guy like Brian Edwards a chance to go up and make a play, a lot of times he's going to make the play. Exactly. Especially when you have the mismatch that they had all day with those corners being five foot nine, I think, was the match. I mean, you got to give you, you know, and Will Muschamp said after the game about that catch, that's why you recruit. Well, exactly. That's why you recruit. So go let those guys go make plays. I, don't try to overthink this thing and get all in a scheme. And all. I mean, if it's third and one, get your big guys in there. You trust your O-line and give it to your running back and let him run up the middle. Don't, I just feel like sometimes they try to overthink this thing. It's like just let your guys go out there. Let them make plays. You've got playmakers. It's not like you don't know who can make a play. you got guys that can do it. you know, you got a quarterback that can get it to them. Just, just let them make plays. I, that, that's all I'll really say. I, I, th- I thought – it was a decently called game. The execution needs to be better, but you don't need to wait to the fourth quarter and try to start taking shots and giving your guys opportunities to make plays. That, that, um, with that being said, though, you were talking about the injury bug. Moving to the defense, we found out after the game, Bryson on Williams is out for the season. I hated to hear that because he was having such a good year. Um, he does have a red shirt year. However, he's going to use that, come back next season. But it kind of leads me into, you know, where was the pass rush? There was only one sack on the day. Um, I, I think Louisiana Tech was able to get the ball out quickly and sort of limit the Gamecocks pass rush. But um, a lot, you know, a couple of times I can remember they just flat out missed the quarterback, Jamar Smith. Um, one time in particular, I remember uh, Keir, Keel Pollard, or what, who, no, it was uh, Keir Thomas, excuse me. Uh, Keir Thomas had a shot right at the quarterback, just, just flat out missed him. Tyler, with that being said, more so, I guess, not so much looking at this game, moving down. With Bryson L. Williams gone, who do you think the Gamecocks are going to need to step up in the pass rush? Because he was obviously a big guy they were using to that point this season for that for that exact purpose. 
Yeah, uh, it didn't help that Dante Sawyer is out for the game, too. And I think that's the biggest guy that's going to have to step up and rush, rush the passer a little bit. Um, you know, he's done a fairly fairly good job this year of rushing the passer. I think he's certainly capable, but he, like I said, people got to get healthy. Um, yeah, losing Bryson Allen Williams is awful. Um, yeah, it's just next guy up. That's all there is to it. I mean, there's there's no other analysis to it. You know, somebody's just gonna have to step up, and I think I think it'll be Dante Sawyer. Uh, you got to look to your senior to make some plays if he's healthy. Yeah, I do agree with you. I didn't realize that he didn't play that much. I thought they had cleared him before the game, but I, I don't guess think he played at all. He didn't play at all. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. I was looking for him out there. Uh, yeah, actually, thinking about it now, I don't think I saw him out there. But I did read something very interesting today. Will Muschamp, I guess he had like his uh, weekly maybe teleconference or something. I heard the name Shamik Blackshear today. He might start getting some action. So Wow. Um, <laughs> it's a name we've got to wonder, when would he come out of the woodworks? And it might, might, uh, he might actually start uh, seeing some reps. So, he has yeah, to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he sort of has to. But I, I agree with you. Um, you know, will they start to use Sky more and more in blitzes? Will they start to use TJ Brunson? Um, guys like Aaron Sterling, Brad Johnson were guys that, you know, Will Muschamp had mentioned. Um, but, yeah, it starts up front with Dante Sawyer. Um, you know, Keir Thomas, those guys up front to really DJ Wanham. I can, of course, yeah. DJ Wanham to to make to to get the presence off the edge. And like I said, Louisiana Tech, they get the ball out really quick. It's not like an. Yeah, I'm not, looking, I'm not looking. Much back that. there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, you know, it, it was kind of. I thought the defense played well. Like we said, Jamarcus King finally stepping up. I I, I just thought this was a game. I had a weird feeling he was going to make a big play. I, you know, I just didn't think he would keep continuing to have his struggles. And I was really, really happy to see him, you know, make a big play. Because, honestly, I think that play is really the one that turned the game around. I mean, LaTeX oh, was yeah. in position again. If they would have scored right there, it was over. It was over, yeah. 13 nothing. They were basically about to score. Um, and, so 20. You know, yeah, Jamar Smith thinks he has somebody in the end zone. Out, out of nowhere comes uh, Jamarcus King and makes the pick. I mean, huge play. Um, one of the things that stood out to me in the secondary is that I think teams, as talented as he is, I think teams are going to come after Jemias Williams a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Just because he's kind of being put on an island right now. You know, obviously he's really, really young. And there were definitely some times Saturday where, you know, he's he's just young. I mean, there's not really much you can ask of. I mean, he's just so young and he's being kind of thrown to the fire right now. He's going to make some really big plays for you like he did at Mizzou. And sometimes he's just going to get burnt. So I, I think that – uh it's just going to be kind of Gamecock fans are just going to have to swallow that with Jamias Williams and kind of just watch his development. Um, but overall, yeah, like I said, I thought the bimba don't break defense again um, seemed to work well. Um, you know, I know South Carolina did lose the time of possession battle just slightly, but, yeah, I mean, they were able to make the big stops when they needed them, and, you know, especially in the fourth quarter, um, you know, a couple big plays there. Denny Fennell got the one sack of the day. He came in, provided a little bit of rush. Um and yeah, I mean, I, I think this this South Carolina defense is definitely—it's a much much better unit than we had expected at this point. Yeah, um, the, the D line obviously has to step up, but TJ Brunson has been magnificent. I mean, I don't think anyone, anyone, including himself, thought that uh, he'd play that well this year. Lead, leading uh, the SEC in tackles of forty-two. Yeah, that's four insane. games. It's. Um, you know, the linebacking has been spectacular. And losing Bryson Allen-Williams just, you know, just stabs you right in the heart. Um, you know, secondaries play, you know, I guess all right. I'd, I'd say they're average. Uh, obviously, they're playing so far off the ball, it's hard for them to, you know, contest any type of pass whatsoever. 
Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'd say they're slightly above average. Yeah, you know, a guy that I was watching too Saturday, I, you know, because we had talked about last week, I haven't really heard about heard much from him was Rashad Fenton. He, yeah. he just continues to have good games. I mean, they're, they're just not throwing his way really because he's – and I watched – he's just all over his man. I mean – He's not giving his man really any breathing. I think there's one play he had that I saw. There was one. I really yeah, I noticed where the guy – because I remember I was sitting there uh, watching. I was like, man, like uh, Rashad Finn, they can't complete anything on literally the next play they threw and completed. I was like, wow. I think it was instant. a quick slam yeah. that they were in. He got actually burnt. I mean, he he's he's having a good year. I mean – Yeah, he's, he's really the, good. The picks are going to come for him if they ever throw it his way. But uh, I think these SEC schools will have to. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, no, for sure. going to be on their best receiver. For sure, for sure. Um, moving on to what's become a, a roller coaster, say the least, special teams. Um, it, it was not a good start, Tyler. It was not a good start again. And the Gamecock faithful let Will Muschamp, Parker White, and company hear it with a chorus of boos after the, especially the second missed field goal. Um, Parker White misses his first one. I think it was like 38 yards, and I thought it was good at first because it, I mean it was so close. Um, you know, saw him waving complete, and the next one he misses. Um, talk about what, I'm kind of curious. What was your feeling? Because I saw you on Twitter saying, you know, don't kick this. I can't believe they're about to kick it. What were your feelings right before they lined up for the field goal? Did you have any confidence at all that Parker White would hit that field goal? I had no confidence whatsoever. <laughs> you know, when Brian Edwards caught the ball, there was like seven seconds left. I thought they'd run another play to try and, you know, just throw a quick pass, get out of bounds. But you know, I don't think they even trusted the offense to, to do that without running out of clock. Uh, I mean, it was – I guess you have you have no other choice. But I was just like, why do I have to deal with the stress <laughs> of this kick? And he just freaking splits it right down the middle. Yeah, I, I almost felt like I was like, he has to make this one, right? Like he can't, That's what I thought, too. He can't miss mind. this one. Like, I mean, you know, it, it was almost just ironic with, like, all the ones he's missed. Like, if there was any one he was going to make today, it'd be this one. And thankfully for South Carolina, he did, like you said, split it right down the middle. I thought it was kind of – I mean, I know it was a game winner, but I thought it was sort of silly how he kind of ran off and was doing, like, the whole, like, wave no, of the crowd. Like, I was like – I was like, Park, dude, come on. You went one of three today. Like, but I, like I said, you don't, you don't get to kick a whole you lot of game winners. Yeah. You don't kick a whole lot of game winners. So that's the best after he was the worst day of his life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He go, goes, he from, up goes from the doghouse to the penthouse, really. Um, my yeah, biggest yeah. question, I think, from that, Tyler, do you think this can propel? I mean, I'm not saying Parker White's going to turn to Elliot Fry or be some All American kicker, but. How much confidence do you think this gives White, and do you think this can propel him moving forward to be a pretty solid option for South Carolina where we're not cowering at every single kick, every single field goal kick? Ten million percent. I think that was probably the best thing. That, well, obviously it's the best thing that ever happened to him because he's a walk-on and he just made a game winner at home. Uh, but, yeah, he, has, he knows he can make one now. I think that's the biggest thing, uh, just knowing you can make one in front of a huge crowd, even under the pressure of kicking a game winner. And the, and the iced him. Obviously, you were in the game. I don't, you couldn't see his face. I mean, he was just, like, dead terrified. <laughs> Nothing against him. He just looked scared. And Louisiana Tech's kicker, um, the drive before when they were going down and they kicked the field goal to go up four, he's on the sideline just laughing. He's like, yeah, let's let's freaking go. I'm ready for this. And Parker's just just dead silent, just not talking to anybody. That's what, that's what scared me the most about the kick because he was visibly scared. 
in in my opinion. He maybe he was just like in the zone. I don't know. Cool, but, cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, but I I really think that uh, I really think he'll start. You know, becoming like you said, he won't become Elliot Fry, but I think that he'll be a serviceable kicker. Yeah, no, I, I definitely tend to agree with you. I think they can do nothing but give him confidence and give this team confidence. And kind of moving into like our key takeaways of the game, that sort of that whole mantra I just said about Parker White, I can sort of apply it to the entire team, Tyler. Because the first point I had is, who are these Gamecocks? Are they the Gamecocks we saw against Kentucky in the first three quarters? Or are they the Gamecocks we saw in the final quarter that were, you know, very stingy on defense, open up the playbook? Do you – I guess my question is, you know, how, how much – well, let me see if I can word this right. How much does that final quarter impact? Because, like you said, this game – when you look back on this season, I think this game, you're right, sort of a wash. You, you got the W – Every team, it seems like, in, in, in college football has these type of games where, you know, I said after the game on Twitter, it, it was brutal, it was ugly, it was downright embarrassing at times, but the bottom line is South Carolina got it done and they won the football game in a tough game when they could have just given up. They could have just folded, said, hey, you know what, it's not our day. The young team comes back and wins, though. Do you think that a comeback like this, even against a team like Louisiana Tech, do you think that that type of comeback going to the fourth quarter can propel and give South Carolina some momentum, you know, moving forward? I think the game in a normal fashion would have done more. I think coming off a loss, you needed to go out there and, you know, you put your foot down and just, just go. And they didn't do it at all. So I don't think so. I feel like, you know, like a two score or a three score win against a team like that, would have given them much more confidence moving on than having to come back in the fourth quarter. When you get the win, like, if you would have lost, it would have been like a a Citadel-type thing, and South Carolina fans wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have – or there's non-South Carolina fans would have let Carolina fans have it for so long. But in two weeks, no one's even going to remember this game because we won. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know how much it helps that they came back versus if they would have, you know, went out there and played well from the get-go. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you to an extent. I, I think this is the kind of situation in a game and, um, you know, you have a fourth quarter like they did and come back. I definitely think it's going to give a young team like this because they're extremely young. I, I mean, yeah, it's still, still extremely young. Um, you know, it, it can give a young team like this confidence, especially, you know, you have to go on the road, Texas a and this weekend. We're, we'll talk about that one a little bit more, you know, later in the week on the next uh, next show. But, yeah, I mean, I think that when it comes to who is this team, I, they're still kind of finding themselves. I think they're sort of a in between, you know, what we saw against Kentucky in the first three quarters and what we saw in the fourth quarter. Not quite as good as that. Not, I don't think they're definitely not as bad as that. And people are starting to forget, it seems like, about – what South Carolina did against NC State, a team that just went and beat Florida State at their place, how South Carolina dismantled a Missouri team, how good they looked on offense. Um, you know, do you – I, I kind of thought – I didn't really think this was talked about enough going into the week, but I thought South Carolina maybe was flat from the Kentucky loss a little bit. Maybe – I don't know if they were feeling sorry for themselves or maybe a little bit flat. Did you Did you think that at all? Did you think that – Kentucky loss sort of carried over and they kind of had to get over that in this game? Or do you think it was just simply just uh, just poor execution just in this game? I'm not really sure. Like, I, f- I feel like after losing a conference game, you can, you can kind of regroup and say, hey, you know, they were good. But I think it's also a combination of, you know, not getting up for a game because it's Louisiana Tech. 
You know, Tennessee did the same exact thing against UMass, who's way worse than Louisiana Tech. Let me say that first. But, you know, it's hard to get excited for games like that. Like, I was – it was hard for me to get excited about the game. That's why I didn't even go. But, you know, getting up for that game, it's hard. Uh, You know, it's not a conference game. It's not pretty. You know, become ranked by winning the game. So, I think it's a combination. Because they didn't come out flat. They went and drove the ball straight down the field. And then, you know, we get zero points because of this field goal. I think if they would have scored a touchdown, then we would have be having this conversation. Uh, yeah, it sort of took the air out of them, honestly. I mean, because like I said, right. I was in the I was in the stadium, and it sort of took the air out of me as a fan. I mean, it, it just you were just like, oh my god, here we go it's again. The here we go again. Yeah, here we go again. You know, and the offense starts to press, and then it's you know, defense feels the pressure because they got to feel like they make they got to make a stop on every play. It, it just it changes the whole game, the whole dynamic. Um, so. You know, I, honestly, I, I'm. It, it was it's just funny. You know, during the game, I was so down, so out, just don't even know what to think about this team. You know, what's going on? Who who is this team? Um, and then South Carolina hits the you know the fourth quarter, probably one of the most exciting quarters of football I ever watched. You, you know, hits the game winning field goal, and honestly, I I did not think I'd be that happy after the game because I you know you just sit there, you kind of gather your thoughts, say South Carolina is three and one. Doesn't really matter how they got there. Or how they beat La Tech, but South Carolina is three and one. And if you just again, if you told any South Carolina fans starting this season after the first four games, South Carolina will be three and one. Everyone would have taken it. There's nobody that wouldn't have taken that. Would have been absolutely ecstatic to be three and one. Um, so, like, like I said, I think this is just going to be a team that they're going to be inconsistent. That you know, there's going to be games where South Carolina looks really, really good. There's going to be games you just scratch your head and wonder, you know, what happened, but. I, I think this was, and Muschamp touched on it in his post-game presser about the culture of the program, the culture of this team. I think this game was really, really important, and I, I really think this game might honestly have done more for the program, the players, than we might even understand as far as confidence and just resiliency. Because obviously, you're always going to face, you know, adversity and things of that nature. Um, honestly, I was extremely proud of the way they stepped up. Like I said, they could have packed it in and folded it and just said, "Hey, it's not our year. It's not our." not our game, whatever, but, you know, to step up, Jake Bentley to lead the team, that that says a lot to me. And I think this can be, you know, I know it It was Louisiana Tech and it's not a pretty game one by one point, but I, I do think it can be somewhat of a springboard and you can pick up some momentum if you, if you use it the right way. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be really, really interesting to see how they how they move into this week of practice and the next weekend, obviously, against Texas A&M. Um, but, yeah, we're going to hand out some game balls, some armchair American game balls. Tyler, I'll start um, on offense. I'm going to go with Tyson Williams. Like I said, I think the running game was obviously a huge, huge focus coming in this week because of South Carolina's just flat-out inability to run the football. Um, they ran for 143 yards overall. But Tyson Williams, 13 carries for 95 yards, a touchdown, had that touchdown run, 35 yards. And he just looked good all day. I mean, looked explosive. He looked like the guy we all heard about. Um, and you know, we had talked about it before the season. This was something I said that I thought, I really thought Tyson Williams could take over the, uh, the starting role. And to me, he's, he's more than earned that title. Um, and he seems to be a really a solid home run threat for the Gamecocks in the backfield. Uh, and then on defense, I got to give it to Jamarcus King. Um, you know, we've obviously been giving him a lot of, uh, a lot of criticism over the first couple of weeks, deservedly so. But he made a huge play Saturday, turned the game around, 
you know, gave the Gamecocks the ball back down 13 nothing. They were able to go, on the, go down the field and score on a 97-yard drive. Let's not forget that. I think it was like, what, four, 15 plays or something like that. Um, but just a huge momentum swinging play. So I'm going to give my defensive game ball to Jamarcus King. All right. Um, if you took Tyson Williams, I have to give mine to Brian Edwards because, you know, South Carolina doesn't win the game if it wasn't for Brian Edwards making that. That catch still wasn't even thrown to him. It's kind of, you know, step up to the plate. I'm the next guy up. I'm going to go get this ball. I don't care which I'm going to take it. Just went up and grabbed it, came down with it, uh, secured it, which is the biggest thing because Ortre Smith caught the ball uh, on the same drive and then he got hit high and dropped it, you know, if he catches that, he's out of bounds. And, you know, that play doesn't have to happen. Um, so, yeah, Brian Edwards, six catches, 122 yards. That's pretty good uh, yards per catch. I'm not that good at math. But that's, what, 20? 20-something? 20 or yeah. 20 on the dot? So, yeah. yeah, a great day for Brian Edwards. I'm glad he stepped up to the plate. Um, on defense, you know, if you took hard to pick somebody else, you know, one guy I was looking at a lot the entire game, he only had three t- tackles, uh, but it's Taylor Stallworth. You know, on the running, they didn't run the ball at all. You know, they had 28 carries for 80 yards. So it's two points a carry. And Taylor Stallworth, there was so many times, you know, just getting through and, you know, allowing other people to make the tackles. Or he, he also had a tackle for loss. Um, so I'll give – I'll tie it with T.J. Brunson and um, – and Taylor Stallworth because they were they were huge in stopping the run. Two point nine yards of carry. I don't care who you are. That's terrible. Yeah, that was Taylor Stallworth. I'm glad you said that. He was definitely a guy I watched Saturday. He he had a huge even on plays that he didn't make the tackle. He he's in the backfield almost every play. I mean he's right. he's a force up there. And um, also got to give a shout. Javon Kinlaw got his first start there. I thought he played well. Again, just seeing him play in person, he is just such a big dude. Like he he takes up two blockers every play. He's in. I, I mean, he yeah. really does. He really does. And. Of course, I'm not going to let us get off of game balls without giving the overall game ball to Parker White. I mean, hits the game winner, 31-yard field goal. You know, goes from, like we said, zero to hero. You know, congratulations, Parker White. Look forward to seeing you kick more down the road. Like I said, I think this is going to propel him for the rest of the season. So, I'm excited to see what happens. And, man, (laughs) it's a heck of a finish. I'm glad he uh, had, had the ice in his veins for the last one at least. Um, makes the Gamecocks two of eight on the year in field goals. So, heck of a heck of a stat there. That's all. Awesome. Um, yeah, but hey, you make one that's very very important. Make the one that counts. So, you know, a stat I'm looking at right now. I'm looking. I went to the stats for for a defensive guy, but looking at the receiving, eleven different guys caught a pass. Eleven. That's yeah, a ton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. twenty two catches, and it was eleven different players. I, you know, that. That's really eye-opening because, you know, all these guys had to step up. You know, Rodriguez Davis had two. Jacob August got in and had one. Shai Smith, uh, Chad Terrell, uh, Tyson Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, how many of those guys are freshmen and sophomores? I mean, basically yeah, exactly. all of them? Yeah, Ortre had that big touchdown catch. We didn't really talk about that, but, man, he completely ran those two dudes over. Yeah, he, he's going to be a really good one. I mean, his potential like- is through the roof. Yeah, and like, like we we're saying, he's the prototypical NFL receiver. He's the Alshon, Sidney Rice type. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Debo. Don't get me wrong, but I, I love having the big guys on the outside, the big wide receivers, because it, it's just it. It's just nice having that physical presence outside. And like you said, I mean, that that shot he took, a lot of guys would have just been knocked out or fell down, but he literally <laughs> trucked the dude. 
and yeah. put his put his hand on the ground, held himself up, and went in the end zone. That that was a big time play. So, you know, and Gamecock fans kind of, you know, obviously the, the offense hasn't done what we all hoped and expected at this point. But you know, again, they're they're, they're really young. I mean, freshmen and sophomores. These are sophomores. Everybody's asking to make all these plays, and the, South Carolina's got a lot of talent. I mean, again, it's going to be a show me week for that offense, and. and you know, I, again, I'm going to throw some criticism Kurt Roper's way because we, when you have all the pieces you have right now and you rank where you rank in offense, it's near – it's, you know, you're up past like 100th in the nation in offense. It's really unacceptable with those kind of players you have. But, you know, it, we need to see some progression. I mean, you need to see some yardage. We need to see some points. Really see this offense step up. So, it, it's going to be a big week for that. We're going to dive onto that later in the week. Obviously, when we preview the Texas A&M game. But um, – you know, the execution's got to be there. The play calling's got to be there. It's all obviously all collective effort. But like you said, pl- 11 guys touching the football receiving is is extremely encouraging. And it's nice to see Jake Bentley spreading the ball around like that. Um, yeah, and with that being said, we're going to move into listener questions. Only got two today. We're going to – they're both from Reddit. This one comes from Rhett Williams 88 um, What do we need to do to play like we did in the fourth quarter for the rest of the season and not like the first three quarters? We have serious offensive ability. Why do we look inept at that side of the ball? Really trying to not jump on the fire Kurt Roper wagon. But after Saturday, it has become difficult. Tyler, I'll let you start with that one first. Um, you know, the fourth quarter, when you got when you had those opportunities, you scored points. You know, you didn't get off the field, you know, having empty possessions. You didn't turn the ball over. You got down, you scored the, the touchdown. Um, that'll be the biggest thing, I think, going into these these bigger games. You know, don't settle for for three and outs or when you get to the 50, you know, have to punt and reverse the field. You know, you got to get in. you got to get – score touchdowns in the red zone instead of kick field goals and maybe miss them. You know, it's so demoralizing to get down to the red zone and, and, not, and come up with zero points. So, you know, they've gotten, they've gotten into opponent's territory a lot. I'd love to see how many times that that's happened. And they just don't come away with points. So, I think that's the biggest thing going forward. Yeah, and it was kind of, you know, what you said as well, and I saw a lot of other tweets as well, but South Carolina's left 16 points on the board last two weeks. And, you know, when you play good football teams, you cannot leave points on the board. And, you know, it happened against Kentucky, um, not so much against La Tech because they did capitalize. But another thing, when you get turnovers, you got to score. You at least got to get three. Um, But, yeah, can't leave points on the board. Like you said, I I think, you know, what do they need to do to play in the fourth quarter for the rest of the year? Like I said, I just think it's not overcomplicating it. I, let guys go make plays. Let Jake Bentley be loose, throw the football around. Obviously, use Tyson Williams, be able to establish the running game. But, you know, I, I don't want to jump on the fire Kurt Rober bandwagon either. It's hard not to just because I feel like there's an eerie trend that's happening now. Like, you know, if it happens once or twice, you can say it's kind of a it's an anomaly, but when it keeps happening over and over and over, and we knew this was Muschamp's um, kryptonite, if you will, at Florida about his offenses, it's just it's it bothers you a little bit, you know what I mean? So it, you, you got to just let the reins go a little bit, and just let your guys go make plays, simplify this thing down. You know, I, I like the the RPO. You know, I, I don't know if you listened to the show I did uh, last week, Tyler, but I told some, you know, I'd say on the show that. I've heard the term RPO about a thousand different times and I don't want to talk about it because it just gets, they say it over and over and over again. Yep, I hate it. It just, I listened to 107.5 the game. They literally spent like an hour talking about RPOs, but 
if you know, establish the run game. Just be smart. Don't outsmart yourself. You have good players. Let your guys make plays. And then at that point, when you're put in position to make plays, you got to execute. Jake Bentley can't miss wide open throws down the field. When the hole's there, you've got to hit it. And that's what South Carolina did in the fourth quarter. Jake Bentley made really good throws, um, especially the one to Ortre Smith was a great throw. You know, they were able to keep drives moving. You know, you gave guys like Brian Edwards a chance to make a play. He did so. So, you know, good blocking for the run game. Tyson Williams goes in. So, um, South Carolina really needs to establish an offensive identity. I, I'm not sure they really have that right now. Um, but I think getting Tyson Williams going is going to help that tremendously. So, it, it'll be interesting to really see how they, you know, kind of use that and what they establish going forward. Um, and then our last question comes from Adaman360. With Bryant, Bryson Allen Williams out, who do you expect to step up in his place at linebacker? Same question for the O-line with Zach Bailey out. Um, we sort of talked about this earlier a little bit, Bryson Allen Williams being out. Um, at linebacker, you know, Muschamp had said he thinks it's going to be kind of a collective effort. You know, you look at a guy like Sherrod Green, obviously T.J. Brunson the year he's having is obviously great. Sky Moore, you know, we all know about Sky. But um, guys like Sherrod Green, Denny Fennell as well, um, Who's the other guy I'm missing? Who, who am I not counting in this, Tyler? Um, Aaron Sterling. Sterling as well. Brad Johnson. Uh, some of those younger guys. As far as like in a pass rushing role, yeah, I, I think right. they're gonna you're gonna see Aaron Sterling a lot. Um, but yeah, it, it's just gonna be a collection of guys. Sort of how the Debo Samuel injury is. But the the one good news, I mean, it's I hate that Bryson Al Williams is out for the year. The only good news though is that. Honestly, T.J. Brunson and Sky Moore becoming one of the best linebacking duos in the country. I mean, especially, like you said, the way T.J. Brunson's playing is out of his mind. So, if he can continue to do that, um, I think South Carolina should be should be okay at the linebacking position. As far as the offensive line goes, obviously losing Zach Bailey is a huge, huge blow. Um, Malik Young is going to play right tackle. I think he fits pretty well in that role. Um, they're going to shuffle the guys like Sidarius Hutchinson, obviously, like we talked about earlier. You really, really need Corey Helms to come back healthy. Um, I think if he can't come back this weekend, that really hurts. Um, but, yeah, Dennis Daly, Donnell Stanley, I think they still feel good. You know, Alan Knott, obviously, they still feel good about it, but it's kind of one of those things now, Tal, you got to kind of cross your fingers and, you know, pray for no more injuries because there, are, there aren't many guys left behind those 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 oh. five they've got. So, um, but yeah, with that being said, that's pretty much going to wrap us up. We'll do – little post-show, Tyler, you had mentioned it was a wacky week in the SEC. Tennessee <laughs> getting a scare at home. Um, I think Tennessee fans are nearly ready to run Butch Jones out of town. They they host Georgia this weekend in what should be eh, – That is going an, to be – I'm not, I'm not going to cuss. But an, interesting, an interesting game. Um, Georgia looks like the class of the SEC. East. They, they are going to run away. With yeah, they, they dismantled Mississippi State. You know, they, they just absolutely dismantled Mississippi State. Did you get to watch that game by any chance, or at least the first play? I watched a good bit. I, I saw the flea flicker. The yeah. flea, what a freaking play call. What a freaking yeah. play yeah, call. Yeah, I mean, Kirby Smart said he just looked like it was there. I kind of hope South Carolina sort of takes that out of, out of their book. I'm out. Well, we tried to last year against Mississippi State, and that we overthrew it. Yeah. No, I do remember that, yeah. You know, it just plays like that. It's awesome. I, they probably took that from that game. You know, <laughs> they came out absolutely firing. I think they had – they felt disrespected after uh, barely beating Notre Dame, and I don't think Notre Dame's that good. It's Georgia, crazy. Georgia was just ready for Mississippi yeah. State. All, everybody was Mississippi State was kind of the hot team to sort of 
jump on, but I, I didn't fall for it. I, I thought Georgia at home would win. Um, a night game between the hedges. Yeah, it's over. Just, yeah. I pray I, to God we have a twelve o'clock game at Georgia. <laughs> Knowing South Carolina, they'll probably have like one of those weird like five o'clock. It seems like when the, South Carolina's at Georgia, it's the weirdest kickoff down like five thirty. Like when <laughs> when do games ever kick off at five thirty? But I don't know. They, that we'll save that for another day. Um, yeah. The other game I want to talk about, Florida for the 31st year in a row beats the Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky fails to cover a receiver at all. Did you watch that game? I didn't get to watch it. I watched the last drive. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wow. That that game was – it was wild. So, I don't know if you saw the play. If you didn't, you really need to go back and watch the highlights. Basically, to to get the go-ahead scores, 27-20 Kentucky – Florida lines up like at the, I don't know, five-yard line or so of Kentucky. And they line up just like in an eye formation with one wide receiver out to the right. Well, I guess one of the Kentucky guys got confused, thought he was the 12th man, so he runs off the field. So they only have 10 guys on the field. <laughs> the, receiver, the receiver, I'm not kidding you, is at the top of the field wide. Nobody's even covered him. So Luke Del Rio just takes a snap and just throws it throws it to him, and he catches it in the end zone for the touchdown. Wow. And 28-27. That happened – not touched the first one wasn't a touchdown, but there were two plays in the game just flat out didn't cover a wide receiver. That's and I wish I could tell you I feel bad for Kentucky, but you know what? After last week, I really don't. <laughs> so Kentucky I, I literally sucks and Florida sucks. So power. Change. I literally texted Stephen Cabrera, our Florida writer, and just said thank you. I feel a little better about what happened. In Columbia, because Kentucky fans feel so bad, and I, you know what? When it gets to that point where I'm reveling in Kentucky fans' uh, self pity, it's it's not a good point. But you know what? That's just the place the SEC East is in. So yep. it's a, it, it's it a is, fire. It is what it is. So, um, but yeah, and, and then well, I'll, I'll just touch on it just because why not? Uh, the team in the Upstate had a bit of a struggle this weekend as well. They 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 couldn't really say much about South Carolina. They had their own struggle. We're only leading Boston College seven nothing in the third quarter. It was seven to seven at seven seven third quarter. Yeah, yeah. it was tied. seven nothing late in that game. Yeah, fine. eventually pulled away, but they've uh, running back that turns on turbo in the middle of his runs. That's freaking. Yeah, they. I tell you what, they've got a scary game this weekend though in Blacksburg, Saturday night in Blacksburg, eight o'clock. Well, I don't know if I do that, but Saturday night in Blacksburg, eight o'clock, college game day. No, I'm saying a guy bet me Virginia Tech would beat Clemson. I was like, yeah, that's $20. No, 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 I know. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't – I wouldn't I will, bet on Virginia Tech straight up, but I, that's going to be – I will pay $20 for Clemson to lose, okay? Yeah, oh, no, no, trust me. No, no, I, I'd gladly – I'd gladly do it. I think they probably have more chance to lose now will, that you bet on them to win. Exactly, that's my I point. might bet on them to win too now, honestly. <laughs> there we go. So, but with that being said, uh, we'll wrap it up again – uh, be sure to check us out on iTunes. If you want to listen to the show, follow the show, go to iTunes, the Spurs Up show, rate, subscribe. Um, obviously, give us your feedback. We appreciate all of it. Tell us what you like about the show and don't like. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Armchair SCAR. Again, at Armchair SCAR. On Instagram, at Armchair S Carolina. And go to Armchair All Americans. Check out all of our latest breaking Gamecock news and coverage. Um, obviously, the show as well. Uh, all of our other featured articles on the Armchair All Americans site. And also, again, we are taking submissions for videos on game day. Please be sure to send those in. We'll be giving out prizes all season long. The next home game, obviously, is against the Arkansas Razorbacks, where 
I don't know if you saw Tyler, the Gamecocks will host the Razorbacks October 7th, 4 o'clock kickoff on SEC Network. So plan accordingly. Um, so with that being said, Tyler, before we get into our Tech a preview later this week, you got any last words wrapping up Louisiana Tech? I feel better. I got to vent about it other than on Twitter. So <laughs> all day you need to, and yeah, I tell you what, Twitter, Twitter becomes a very interesting place during games on Saturdays, not just for you, but myself, for everyone. It's, it's like people I go off, man. I, can't, I, I literally I can't tell people, off. I'm like, I'm a different person on kickoff because it's like you get in this, this zone, this, this mode. I told, I told my buddy dad, I was like, man, I'm a real jerk on game days sometimes when I have like, I'll have my Clemson buddies text me and I'll just, I'll just tell them off. I mean, I'm just like, I'm not having it today, man. I don't even want to have like a sensible conversation at the time. So <laughs> that's but. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, with that being said, as always, he's Tyler Clark. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys listening and we'll catch you later this week. Same time to preview the Texas A&M matchup. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.